Nobody practiced with me because I was crap. Yeah. And it was Neil that said, actually, to be a good judo player, you need to be a good partner. Yeah. Once you understand about being a good partner, you'll become a good judo player. Yeah. And you'll get the rest. At 15, 16, you go, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to throw somebody. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Our last week's show, you heard all about Jeff Thompson, The Blender, and Wayne Lakin. On this week's show, you're going to hear all about Wayne Lakin and how he mixes it up with professional sportsmen. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I've always, I've always managed gyms. I've always been in gyms. So, you know, worked at Flex in, in Fargo Street, Coventry. Went over to Stratford, did some stuff over there. Went back into Hinkley, Enderby, and, and stuff like that. And, and judo has always been my passion. So about uh, 2005, 2006, I got the opportunity to work for British Judo Association. Yeah. Now, when the, them jobs don't come around that often or didn't do, but obviously we'd just been granted the Olympic Games 2012, so all the sports had been... Um, there was a big influx big, of money. Big, big, yeah. big, big money coming in, so there were development officers were there so my job was then to was national schools manager to try and promote or create um, judo activity in schools uh, looking back never going to happen um, you get some but it's it's not sustainable it's yeah. not a sustainable uh, and that's because of, of, of the schools not because of the sport yeah I, I really believe that the schools still don't know what they want they don't know what they want from their curriculum and I don't think they ever have no and, and the, the other issue you've got is you're employing judo people to sell judo into schools yeah I don't know how many judo people you've ever met that are, that are sales people no <laughs> it's, like, it's like a martial artist and a business manager yeah, no. uh, yeah martial arts has always been the same oh I hate this guy I hate this guy he's got a really successful score you go you hate him because he's a businessman yeah he's got what you want yeah we don't have a, a, an abundance of people that are, are sales people so you've got judo people trying to go in and so my job was literally to go into every school and try and sell judo as, as a PE lesson or as a, a PPA time activity so they could do something that anyway I got that opportunity and it was amazing I absolutely loved it and then as I was working with them the, the first meeting or one of the first or second meetings I had was with Leicester Tigers yeah again this was at the, the verge of um, um, New Zealand saying that they'd been doing judo so a lot of their judo players uh, a lot of their rugby players uh, were hooked up with the judo's academies yeah. and, and Leicester had Again, they like to be on the forefront of everything in European rugby. So they said, well, okay, do you know what? Let's see what we can do with British judo. And again, we were just saying then that actually they didn't want judo. They wanted wrestling. Yes. But there's no wrestling clubs. No. So anything north of uh, probably Leicester, you won't find a wrestling. Uh, south of Leicester, you won't find wrestling clubs. No. In the northern, you, yeah. you know, the union side of uh, up by rugby league and stuff, you're going to find yeah. hundreds but, of wrestling. Yeah, but you know the crack yourself. And there is a real north-south divide yeah, with definitely. rugby. You know, yeah. literally, you uh, you get anybody who's never been past Nottingham, they have no idea that Wigan or Sale or any of the and like so you get 45, 50,000 people watching rugby league. Right? Yeah, and, no, it's and yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great sport, yeah. but you can and there's a real difference as well. Yeah, a rugby yeah. league, I, I wouldn't want to fight a rugby league guy, no, but, but I fight loads of union guys. Funny enough, actually, again, we'll go back to the, to the tiger stuff. So I, I did all this stuff with tigers, and, and they said, Oh, we want. We, we've noticed that at the age of uh, 14, 15, our athletes are breaking down. 
when they go into a, a full-time or an academy setting. And yeah. the majority of, of their players under 19 have been under the knife already. Now, that's phenomenal when you say that. Yeah. You know, a lot of their players have been uh, had operations at under 19. Yeah, and you can't be getting all those from games, can no. you? It's got to be so, from so training. training as well. So, actually, I, I was fortunate enough to lecture for Bath University on their foundation degree in coaching on uh, the development of identified talent. So, actually, when you find talent, what do you do with it? Yeah. It's okay in a club and going, right, do you know what? He's a talented individual. Yeah. Great. Where now do we, we go next? Now, now, now yeah. what do we do? Yeah. And, and, I, and I coined a phrase, it's, it's um, progression, not possession. It's not about me keeping that athlete. It's about what do I do with him now? I've got to pass him on because he's outgrown me. or he's, That's or he's profound, doing, man. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's profound. So you, you go with that and, and you look at places like Leicester and they said, right, okay, what we need to do is we need to find a sport that can do our developing for us. Yeah. Because rugby can't do it. Yeah. We don't learn how to tackle until they're 12. Now we keep we have these from four or five years old. So if we're not going to teach them how to tackle till they're twelve, from five to twelve they're doing nothing. So that only gives them a, a small amount of time to to be ready for an international game. Yeah. Let's pass them to judo. They teach them how to fall from five. Yes. I see. Then we can have them grappling from five to twelve. We'll take them at twelve. Exactly. And then we'll put some rugby skills into them. The foundations already set. And judo went well. Actually, when you finish with them at nineteen, we'll have them back because we've got no heavyweights. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, actually, when you looked at it, you go. That's genius. Yes. Because judo, anything under over 80, 85 kilos, judo struggle with. Yeah. They, they, they've got, I apologise if you're over 85 kilos and do judo, but they've got blokes that look like they've just come out of the chip shop. Yeah. It's, it is getting better now because I think they, there are more, again, everything's becoming more professional. Yeah. But back then, they, that's well, what we're looking at. You're just saying you know? it now. I only ever met him once and he was a great guy. Uh, was it El- Elvis? Elvis. Elvis Patton. Uh, was it Patton? Uh, no, Elvis Gordon. Elvis Gordon. Absolutely. What, El- what was he weighing in at? Uh, I think he was um, 140 kilo. It is. He was monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, unfortunately, died about five, six years ago oh, with um, brain tumor. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and, and I saw him just before he passed, actually. Um, an amazing guy, one of the fastest guys over 60 meters on the British team. Really? And a great squash player. Really? Yeah. A lot of the Wolverhampton guys, because he was from Wolverhampton, yeah. with all them guys, Denzine and Kerith, and all played squash, really good squash players. Yeah, but just as you say, admit, no, 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 well, thinking about it, but when you think about how much lateral movement you need lateral to do, uh, hand eye coordination, and again, go back to that, it's, it's uh, progression, not possession. Actually, we need to be passing them on to other sports. What, do, what can you give from a sport? Um, the first thing I did was when I was doing the judo stuff for rugby, you know, I was trying to mimic judo stuff for rugby. So what could what could I do that? And then I created about five, ten sessions and, and that allowed me to lecture for uh, Bath Uni, uh, the RFU, Welsh Judo Association, Scottish Judo Association. I was doing identified talent stuff and then started doing some work with the long-term athlete development plans. So then yeah. my, my, my speciality sort of moved from just doing judo to doing the adolescent kind of 11 to 16 
athletes. So yes. what do we do with them from 11? Because actually it's great having a talented individual, but now what do we do? Do we follow the long-term athlete development plan? What should that look like, et cetera, et cetera. And then started working with Leicester, started working with Leeds Carnegie. And then um, I was just saying last year, they, Leicester went out on a course at Washington and did a course for uh, uh, Fredericksburg, big university yeah. and, and stuff like that. So for me, that, that chance meeting with Jeff, yeah. And, and again, it took 20 years to become An overnight successful. success, yeah. yeah. I, said, I said that to Steve Reynolds. We, uh, we were talking about the movie career. And it was, it was funny because we can all trace it back to, to, to me and Jeff. It's like, just as you're saying it there and you're yeah. going about travelling, I'm thinking... Weren't you, weren't, you glad, weren't you glad that you lived 100 metres away from a judo club? Yeah, and, and that's yeah, it, you yeah. don't realise at the time, do you? No, de- definitely not. I mean, I think for me, and, and what was it? Um, uh, Paddy Mortimer, who was the sports psychiatrist at uh, uh, Leicester Tigers, he said to me, you know, I guarantee people will sort, sort, source themselves a, a BJJ club at the minute. That's the niche thing. Yeah. They'll sort themselves out a jiu-jitsu club. And they'll travel 30 miles and pass five judo clubs on the way. Yeah, oh, definitely. How bizarre. Once you get over the initial shock, it's like getting punched in the nose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get over the initial shock and you get thrown and then you realise you haven't died, yeah. then you love it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I've got a friend of mine, I won't mention his name, he's a lovely guy, and I... He asked me what what he needed, and in a million years, he's the sort of, you know, and he's a lovely guy, so... It's one of those, it sounds really bad when I say this. I've got friends of mine in martial arts who are lovely people and it cultivates all the wonderful aspects of their life. But if they were ever asked me and they said, just be honest with me, you know, realistically in a fight and I'd be like, get a good pair of running trainers. Because as I've said before, Adidas sell more sneakers than boxing gloves. So that, that, that tells me a lot, right? But he said, well, what do I need? And I was thinking it was the same as you said. I reverse engineer a lot of stuff. So what I do yeah. is I go, right, this is where you need to be. What I need, that's where you're going to be comfortable. So literally I, I said to him, we'll do jujitsu because you're going to start from your knees. You're going to work off your back. You're going yeah. to learn, you're going to embrace the grind in a, especially with Gracie Baja now, you know, and it's not because I'm a Gracie Baja guy. It's just, that I think it's smart yeah. because you get the toe in the water. They don't really roll until they've got two or three stripes. So, you know, that's where you yeah. lose everybody. Yeah. Because judo did it from um, what they did. They did a big, a huge thing. They, they've bought in a non-competitive grading system. Yeah. Do I think it's right? Mm, no. No. I, actually, I do, but they should have had a competition structure to run alongside it, and, and they only did half a job, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and again, I, I, I'm speaking to somebody who loves judo, I'm, and I'm passionate about judo. I just think they did it wrong. But they found out that at Yellow Belt, which is where you had to do a competitive grading, that was where most of the kids dropped out. Yeah. So what they thought was, actually, if we bring a non-competitive grading system in, alongside a, a, a competitive system, which would allow you to yeah. shoelace, yeah. interlock yeah, yeah, yeah. systems, actually, there's your perfect system. And you could do either or, yeah. or both. And I thought, everybody went, that's a great idea. That competitive, that competitive side never got bought in yeah. properly. Or or uh, as as well as it should have done so what we've done now is we've allowed um, Joe Bloggs to turn up at a judo club not have one fight and get his downgrade yeah so what we've done is lowered our downgrade level yeah there you see this yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but people so people look happened. at it but people look at it and they don't realise because I, I, yeah, this is one of the big things you ever go on a forum you go yeah but you don't have to compete for a black belt you go yeah but it depends what sort of black belt we're talking about yeah I think that's the only difference now yeah. is you know I'm, I'm a fourth dan um 
and and I, I'm a competitive fourth down, so I've I've got all mine through competitive yeah. stuff. They did. I did have um, what what happened with with some of the guys was we were given downgrades. I think the third down they tried to give me, but because we were told we couldn't collect points from foreigners. So when we were competing out and abroad, yeah, you could take ten points off somebody by beating them by earpoint if they were the same grade or higher. Yeah, actually, what they did with us when we were competing is you can't get points from foreigners. Well, we were never in the country long enough to fight anybody in the country. So yes. Then they turned around about. Oh, it must have been 15 years ago now 10, 15 years and said actually we were wrong yeah. <laughs> Could do point. so we'll now grant you them grades but in the meantime I'd already done mine yeah. anyway so it didn't really yeah you see this me. is the thing I've had this before where people say what grade are you and I was off the fifth Dan and I was like you know and it, like, it's one of those things mm. yeah I've got a couple of certificates that mean the world to me yeah. my first ever black belt yeah that's it everything after that not really yeah. you know what I mean like the one in Germany I had to fight for so that wasn't too bad but like everything else with the JKD completely different you yeah. know but that's yeah. But it was like the competitive side is if you're going to do it and you are competitive, then great. If you're not, then you just turn around and go. Do you know what this is? Uh, this is an exercise. Yeah. In an hour, and this is one thing I love about martial art. It's like you turn around and say, right, I'm, I'm, I always say I'm, you're a martial artist. Art isn't supposed to be functional. You know that that's you yeah. Know, it, if you're an artist then you're an artist. Yeah. If you're functional, you're a fucking painter and decorator. And there's nothing wrong with that because some of the greatest artists I know are painters and decorators, yeah. but they'll tell you that that's, that's what, what they, they do. do. Yeah, no, I agree. And, that, that, and that's the thing. So who's who inspires you martial arts-wise or who has through your training? I think for me, Neil Adams has been probably the most effective just because of who and what he... I mean, you watch Neil on the mat and... and love him or hate him or he's just amazing the guy moves even now moves so well his judo is you know his technique is just on point all the time Um, he he was doing traditional Japanese judo long before anybody else he was the first westerner to beat a a Jap at their own game and just he's he's a legendary judo player one thing I've always liked about Neil Adams is like uh, we talked about it earlier you know the one thing I love about the judo is drill throw on the 10th you know so boom 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 and because it's the entry it's the footwork and then the one on the end and it was like if you take that out and you know don't even put the other guy in first the footwork looks beautiful yeah. then you put the guy in who's compliant and it looks beautiful yeah. and then when you sit in competition you go so you're doing something to somebody who doesn't want it done to them and it still looks beautiful and it still looks the same wow that is uh, yeah and now, you know that's what? art man I, I've said this before uh, times and times again and, and I, I have no bones about saying that when I went full time I was a full time athlete with Neil at his club I was the worst judo player there there was 20 of us and I was I could not <laughs> we, we do Uchi Komi and lines and stuff like that and nobody had practiced with me because I was crap yeah. and it was Neil that said actually to be a good judo player you need to be a good partner Yeah. once you understand about being a good partner you'll become a good judo player yeah. and you'll get the rest and you, at 15, 16 you go fuck off yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to throw somebody yeah. actually it's, you sit back here now and, and we can we reflect and go actually you just don't know was he that far ahead of his time when he was telling people I think like he was that? and, and you, you sit there and you, and you get quite passionate and you think do you know what that's amazing Yeah. and, and, and that's how it all happened I mean you, so I think I owe him so much because you know I was a, a mediocre judo player yeah I really was and probably not even that I was I was a blue stroke brown belt when I went to Neil's club and got my downgrade within the first second year and, and it took time you know but to get in then with 20 full timers I'd got no confidence I was still even though I'd, I'd probably worked the door a little bit 
still no confidence. It wasn't until you start, you know, turning up to events with 20 full-timers in your yeah. corner. And these are all... Yeah, but it goes, it goes back to what we were saying about on the door. It's the, pe- you know, you are it's the, the people you're with. You're the, you're, you are the sum total of the five closest people in yeah. your life, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you're with these guys, it's like the one thing with, with the judo, they say it about the jiu-jitsu, but I, no, as I, I've always said, you know... Um, yeah, and trust me, I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I love it. I think it's wonderful. But I always look at it and I just go, right, judo is, you know, when Count Coma was there, when Maeda went out, that was judo. Yeah. You know, so basically anything that's gone from that is basically an extension or, or a distillation on some cases, in some ways an improvement, because yeah. you know yourself, if you get, you know, the, the classic line is a black belt in judo is a blue belt in jiu-jitsu mm, I don't know because I've gone up against some I think for me I, I, I listened to um, I think I listened to Neil do a podcast and, and he was saying he had the same same scenario a black belt in judo is a black belt in judo a blue belt in jiu-jitsu is a blue belt in jiu-jitsu it's horses for courses it's a different game yeah. you know you put a black belt on a, a jiu-jitsu mat actually there might as well be a white belt because it's not their game yeah they can get through and they can get some skills and do that I, I go on and roll I go to Nathan's open mats yeah not not. I'll, I'll do some teaching I don't mind teaching but I do it to have a role and, and you know what I, I wear my black belt because I'm a judo black belt yeah. and that's not being disrespectful to whoever's teaching the mat or whatever we do yeah but you've earned, to, you've earned the right to my, wear it yeah it's, it's, it's my belt but actually I don't go in there and say I'm a black belt in jiu jitsu and, and you know I get leg locked to high heaven because I can't friggin leg lock yeah because I've I, never done I, it I tell, I tell you you just hit on something Nathan mentioned it yesterday and you'll know the girl uh, oh Becky Telfer heavyweight Rebecca, Rebecca Telfer she was a full time judo player yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah she's from again another another protege from Coventry who, who was Doing yeah, well, spot. you see, this is this is the thing. It was just you were saying it. Got to give Nathan Leverton a shout out because yeah. that guy is like Yoda, Great, he, isn't he? Isn't he? I yeah. think he did it he, when I had a I had my own centre in Hinkley for a little while, and um, I had to do a write up for him, a testimonial thing, and I said he's your coach's coach. Yeah, oh, he he is the doubt. guy that you know coaches go to to learn how to coach or to if you want to know something, then you go to. Well, know. we we were at a seminar yesterday with Dan Hardy, right? Um, what happened was I was working with a friend of mine, David Rogers. He He's a rising crane martial arts. And right. he's one of the only guys I know that's got this traditional, like, you know, like, you know, when you do a side, uh, he, 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 the guy's awesome, but what we were doing, we, in J, JKD, we call it a dumb tech. Yeah. Uh, in karate, we'd call it a yuck, um, we're Sokoto Fumikomi, you know, like a, a psychic to the knee. Okay. And he, he was like, no, no, it's crane tests the water. And when he said it, I was like, shit, that sounds way better than anything I've ever done. <laughs> so the reason I'm saying it is, we were working out and he goes I'm a Southport uh, and I was like no problem and he goes don't you, don't you mind and I said well you know I do JKD so I, yeah, I should be I, I work both leads anyway yeah. I said but in the jump fan kickboxing we're supposed to be on our strongest lead and he was like great and the reason I'm saying it is we're there and we're working and like Dan Hardy trust me Dan if you're listening Dan taught JKD yesterday. He taught jump fan kickboxing. So we did the cat, jab catch drill. And then what we were doing, we were doing the broken broken rhythm method and stuff. And if you're a Roman Catholic, I know that broken rhythm's a completely different <laughs> thing, right? You know, uh, but uh, we were doing this and it was like awesome. But because I I teach the switch kick, uh, in Thai boxing, you never ever change, you never change your lead. Yeah. 
But of course, it was like literally the first time in at least 50... So it's, it's 15 years since I've been doing Thai boxing. It's the first time I ever tried to do a switch kick off, off my right. And I was like, and I'm trying to work out. So what I'm doing is I'm doing the reverse engineering. So I'm in my left lead and then I'm switching to my right. Nathan walks past and he says, you need to drag your front foot back a little bit and your left foot has to go out at 45 degrees and then walked away. And I just went one, two, bang. And I was like, shit. I said, Nathan, you are good. Mm. But it's like he said, he's just got an eye for detail, yes, yeah, and he doubt. looks at stuff, and he's just like, "Wow!" But it was like you were saying about the um, the judo. This girl, I was, like, I, yeah, I saw her yesterday. Like she knew me, and I, to my shame, I didn't know. And like, but we we had a quick chat, and then Nathan's like, "I would put her up against any heavyweight MMA right yeah. now." Yeah, apparently, yeah. And he was like, he said. I, she comes up for the MMA sessions she does, yeah. and she just grabs hold and she got hold of some guy who was a I think he's a blue belt in BJJ and put him on his head and then went through five separate guys and the minute she could grip and this was no gi as well yeah she does she she was at the we went I, I, I like same as you I love Nathan I think I think what he does is great and I try and support him whenever I can so I do some classes for him and I'm a judo guy so I don't charge him yeah because uh, judo players don't do no, that no you don't do it um, and and, and the same as I've done for you guys, you know. Yeah. I, just, I think I think last time I talked for you, you said, "What do you want?" And I said, "Well, what do you think?" And yeah. just left it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, we and, we and did. We, we, we were like, well, "Yeah, but you ain't liking shit." Because I um, was going, what, "What what do we pay him?" And I was like, "Well, he's better than us, so we have to pay him more than we get." <laughs> and he was like. And, uh, do you remember I it? Do. I, yeah. don't, I don't do it. Um, no. So, I, and, and I go up and I support Nathan. I'll do some teaching for him because and, and, I love what he does and I, and I love what he stands for. And then Becky came up and it's the first time I'd seen her since she was training at Carve. Yeah. And I said, oh, I've heard you've been coming up and it was great. I had a role with her and she's super strong. And, and Nathan said exactly the same to me. I'll put her against anybody, anyone, anyone yeah. at this moment in time. He says he's hoping that she comes to Leicester so he can do some work with her yeah. um, a lot more than what she's doing now. Um, but again, you, you made a reference to her earlier. She's super smart. She's she's um, trying if, to be a doctor yeah. or something. Yeah, you want, you want, yeah, well, this is, again, it's like, yeah, we'll give a shout out to Rosie Sexton. I was just about to say, Rosie, yeah, Sexton. Rosie Sexton. I bumped into her. We've, we, I've never met her, but we've 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 passed in same circles. And yeah. I was saying before, I sponsor. I actually personally sponsor four athletes, judo players, right. and just because I can. Not yeah. I, I, it's not money. It's it's I've got a little supplement shop in Hinkley that I I literally just I go. Do you need anything? And, yeah. and if they do, they send it out. So I sponsor. I'm going to shout out to them and they, if they're listening. Tom Reed, Tasha Fraser from Newcastle, Chelsea Jars from Rugby, and Lulu Piercinova, who's in fighting out of Warsaw. And I sponsored them. And Rosie was looking for an athlete to work with. Yeah. So again, through my network, I rang Rosie and said, look, do you know what? I just took on a, an athlete in Warsaw, Lulu, who's just took uh, junior world fifth place. How right. do you fancy it? And she was like, yeah. So them two have now hooked up. Yeah. And, and I was going to say the same thing. you know. That, and again, I think what happens is with, with martial arts and or... Do you know us as people, um, and I'd say definitely for martial arts, judo, whether it's the same in just judo, but we tend to look after each other. We, we really do network well, yes. I think. And I think out of everything that I've ever learned from Jeff, Jeff's got to be one of the, the ultimate networkers. 
you, Al, and, and that's all networking. It's just stuff we we probably won't see each other for a couple of years, and all of a sudden, oh, do you, do yeah, you, would you come and do this or would you do that? And yeah, but like you that. see, this is the thing. It's like when you meet friends, and like, as I've said before, yeah, I got into martial arts because I was scared and I was bullied. Mm-hmm. I ended up meeting people of character, m- met people that inspired me, and then it's like it was one of those things because I, I struggle with this because I get people to come up and they say, do you know what? Yeah. You inspire me, and I'm mm. like, Jesus, you, yeah, you, you tell, really? Do you know what you say that? But, but I think you've met my little boy twice. Yeah, but he still speaks about you. No way, Freddie. Honestly, yeah, really, and, he's the and, man. And, and Alan bought him a car. Yeah, a Red Bull, little, Red Bull car. Yeah, he still got it. Really, he's still under his bed. Still gets it out. Still drives it round, and he'll follow it. if they're on telly. We're watching the race. It, yeah. So you, you say that, but you do, you do the. We, as, as martial artists, I think we're very good at making them small gestures, and them small gestures mean a lot. And I think, you know, just stuff like that, that people do, you sort of go, do you know what? Never forget that. Yeah, but you see this thing, I, I always say, uh, I'm evangelical about martial arts, but if I'd have taken up, like, course fishing, and it had got me where I needed to be, that would have been the same Fine. thing. Yeah, but it was like, I, I, I do believe, you know, I there was, growing up, there was a couple of guys, like, one of the guys, uh, I'm actually godfather to his son uh, a guy called Marco Sullivan Mark if you're listening I know you are uh, his dad was a wonderful man like li- literally uh, his dad's the only dead body I've ever seen Right. and when he was in his casket I went up and gave him a kiss on the head because when I was a kid I was bullied and beaten up it was horrendous and stuff yeah I used to get bullied at school and then get beaten up at home and it was bad and my mate's dad was a long distance lorry driver right. but what he'd do is he used to have these short runs where he'd have to go up to Liverpool docks pick up cars bring them back and then drop them off at Baggington and what I'd do is in the summer holidays I used to go a couple go of with times him. with him and it was one of those because it's where I got my love for country and western music from because right. Irish people love country and western yeah. So and we'd go out on the road and, it'd be just, it, and you wouldn't there'd be hardly any talking you know because he just wasn't that sort of guy every now and again he'd point out stuff to you but you'd be listening to music and he was just really good to me hmm. and I just remembered it and I was thinking you know what it sounds really cliched when I say this but I always thought you know if I could I'd be that guy yeah. you know that guy that turned around and goes you know what years later when you meet somebody as an adult they go yeah it was just that one thing that you did for me yeah. and you go really and it is truth it, I just I really believe in it it, yeah, you know, it makes we you know our method statement with Rick Fay is we make better more functional human beings for a better more functional world yeah. and there's not one mention of martial arts or fighting and the irony is as well we're better at that shit than you guys you, you guys that want it for real you know you're torturing yourself and you're opening up this whole world of neurosis yeah yeah I mean that's why I sponsor people I sponsor four athletes from my shop just because I've got a shop and, and you can I can I, it doesn't cost hardly anything I mean Tom Reed's injured at the moment bless him he's, he's um, done his elbow but he's he's trying to he's, he's, he's an un um, he doesn't get any money so he's, he's not he's not a funded athlete right um, so he's got, trying to compete for 2016 so I sent him down a load of supplements just to help him with his recovery yeah. and stuff like that. But that's because I can, and, and he's a nice guy. Yeah. And, and the same with Chelsea. Chelsea's in Cov. She's one of the Cov lot. And again, I don't, I haven't got money to give them, but I send them their training gear. I've got. It's the right thing to do. You see, this is like do. this is one of the things. It's actually a legendary story that Guru Dan in Osanto has the cleanest toilets in the whole of Los Angeles. Well, they reckon it's the whole of California now because what he has is he has these guys that just can't afford to train. So what he does is he has them on the rotor and these guys like hopefully they're not listening, but 
they don't know that the other's clean because they go in and say, yeah, but the toilets are clean. Guru's like, no, no, just clean up the gym, make sure it's all nice and tidy. And they don't try And this is a guy that, you know, this is a national, this is like Pele yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. you know what, come round yeah. to my house, I'll wash your boots for you. Yeah. I'll clean your boots and wash your kit and teach you how to kick a football. Do you, do, you think, do you think that's all martial arts or do you think it's a certain band of people within the martial arts? Uh, I, I, I think if it's done correctly, me personally, this is the first time someone's asked me a question back, which I've had to think about. Uh, I personally think that if you're lucky enough and fortunate enough that you meet people who just, you know, the only way I can say it is they operate on a higher level. The, their, their thought processes are yeah. different. And it, they're, they're bizarre because especially people like, like Danny Nosanto, I'm going to use you as well, Terry Barnett. You say it and then when you tell them that they're extraordinary, they're like, I'm not extraordinary, I'm me. And you've said this to yeah, me yeah. before. I go, why would you want to speak to me? And I'm no. like, because you're Wayne Lakin. And it is the truth because the minute you mention it and I think I, I think it's a combination of the grind I think it's a combination of understanding just you know me personally why do I teach it I teach it because I know how bad it is to feel like shit and I don't want anyone to ever feel like that funny that I, I was just about to say my judo club I'm I'm not there to make Olympic champions I'm yeah. not. I'm there because, I mean, uh, I'm in a, Boston's a, a little mining, an old mining village, and there's not a lot else to do in Boston, as in, there's not tons yeah. of clubs. There is more to do than, I'm not talking, we're not 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's, there's not tons to do, but they, this, these, if I'm giving, I know how I felt at school. Yeah. Whether it was bullying or not bullying, I'd never want kids to feel like that. I want them to feel like that they can come somewhere and belong and do something that that is a meaning to it. Yeah. Whether that's judo, whether it's JKD, whether it's jiu-jitsu, whatever I was teaching, yeah. I just don't want kids to feel like I felt at primary school, so that's why we do it. So whether it's that or whether it is a certain person in in martial arts, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, no, I, I don't well, think I, it's all I, of us. No. I, it, I don't think it's martial arts as a whole. A whole no. I think it's a select group of people who, who, like you say, operate not for profit. If, yeah, if yeah, that's the best way. Yeah, there's, there's, there's certain people. Where, you know, when you you meet them and they've just got altruistic tendencies. Yeah, and you just go right, okay. You know, this, this is the thing. You just said something, and it's like, I think I've said it on the podcast before. It's when I get my full time place. One of the first things I'm going to buy is. Do you remember Cheers, the TV series? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to have a big sign on the wall that's got Cheers, and when people want to know why it is, it's because if you listen to the theme tune, where everybody knows, knows your name, name. Yeah. and they're always glad you came. You yeah. want to know where you want to go where people know. Yeah, people are all the I've same. I've used that before. Yeah, yeah you want to know definitely. where everyone knows their name, and everyone goes, "Yeah, it's Woody Harrelson and Ted Danson." And as I said before, I'm sure I'm sure Witherspoons might be a, a close equivalent. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. But. The, you know it's one of my major selling points I would say you come into this room and for two hours every single person in this room is glad to see you yeah yeah where else are you going to get that in the world and you know and the punching and the kicking shit that comes for free man no I agree I completely agree and I think I think that's sort of it isn't it that's why we all did it I I Okay, I wanted to go to the Olympic Games, but I, I really enjoyed turning up with 20 other guys and girls who we all we were there for each other, you know? Yeah. We, we, we travelled the world. I remember me and Simon going out to a, a European training camp in... Um, we thought we were onto a winner. Yeah. A proper winner. We got onto this coach, just me and Simon, and a women's team. Oh, awesome. European training camp. And we were like... Oh, we are. How have we done this? Yes. 
However, the rest of the men's team were in Japan. Right. How me and Mossy got to France, I have no idea. <laughs> um, so we've been selected for this European training camp in, in um, Pat, uh, I can't remember where we were. South of France, anyway. And um, we go down there, and we're on this coach with this women's team, and we were like, oh, man, we're the only two, and we were the women's team. They dropped them off somewhere else. Oh, gutted. There's just me and Simon on this bus going to this training camp. We're literally the only ones that speak English in this, in this camp. Wow. No coaches, nothing. And you sort of go, right, okay. He was 65 kilos, I'm 86 kilos. So there's a good 20, yeah. 20 odd kilos difference between us. So we literally, um, in fact, Rainer was there. We were talking about Rainer earlier. Yeah, yeah. He was there, uh, but he was right. a junior then as well. And he was a monster then as well, by the yeah. way. And, uh, but we literally spent a week and a half with each other just getting battered really yeah just going out and battling and I think that's what happens is you know whether you were 20 or 2 and me and Simon went we did a lot of our competitions together we went sort of we did the uh, Europeans in Birmingham when, when we were talking about European championships and, and when they had the worlds and stuff like that we, we pretty much went through together yeah. so we built a, a bit of a bond that way and I think you do the more you do with that team of guys um and you know, we, we, the thing on Facebook at the moment, Neil's—it's Neil's fiftieth year in judo. Wow! Uh, this this year, and he's having a big thing at Kumabi. Right. So, if you ever want to go and speak to the guy and, and oh, him, definitely, there's a table there. Oh um, man. And uh, we're, we're having a table just for the old full-timers. And, right. and we've clocked up 15 already that are all chucking their money in and going to support. Wow, yeah, and it's, definitely. And it's thing. So, you know, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? The people that you meet and the people that you've... that are probably sadly no longer with us. I mean, for me, the, uh, I think last over the last two years I've lost some really great friends over the last five Elvis Gordon you know he sadly passed away great great judo yeah. general giant as well I mean yeah. I was on the British team with him and I've done a few Midland area teams with him as well where he's been on the team as heavyweight wow. and I've been in the same team and, and the guy's just awesome just a great yeah. really nice nice guy uh, the guy that went to the Olympics in, instead of me in 96 Ryan Birch right. uh, again um, Rowena if you're listening God rest his soul literally the guy was a pilot who started flight, a commercial pilot um, wow. he was flying for a, a guy he was in Barbados and he was taking the hire car back and hit a dumper head on oh man um, Josh Gavin fought Josh Gavin hundreds of times uh, from Scotland and actually Josh got into MMA he was doing a lot with Nate Leatherton right and um brain tumour two, two, three years ago and, and you know just stuff like that where you go oh, this is just this is what you got embraced you got you, embraced you have and, and these guys are, these guys are amazing guys love them to bits and, and you know we had the camaraderie with Josh and, and definitely Ryan yeah and I've got a photo on my wall actually and, and Marina which you, uh, uh, that's his wife yeah reminds me of this a lot we were fighting and um, I've got a picture of me in Belgium just after I'd thrown a guy and I've got the biggest black eye. Right. Literally, and I, I can show you the photo. I've got this black eye, which was from the week before fighting Ryan at the Northwest Open, right. where I tried to, I'd got him in a sangaku, which is like a triangle strangle yeah. with the legs, and I tried to banana him. So I literally bent his yeah, spine yeah, the yeah, wrong yeah, way. Yeah. And I thought I was gonna snap it. I was trying to, I was trying to, because yeah. I'd never beat him before and I needed to beat oh, him. You got this, was this was it. And literally Ryan stood up after it and my legs had gone to jelly. I literally hadn't, he hadn't tapped. He's such a strong guy. 
grabbed out of me and just headbutted me. Wow. To the point of, I dropped to my knee. And Rowena says, and bless her, because she said, Wayne, do you know what annoyed me about that whole event? You never complained. You never went to the referee. You just thought, it is what it is, and carried yeah. on. Lost the fight, yeah. but didn't get up and go, whoa, whoa, that's out of order. You can't do that. Literally just thought, that's one of them. But you see, you this know, is... Tried to break his back, for yeah. Christ's sake, what does he expect? <laughs> You've got well, to get something to so, yeah, yeah. i tell you what, we, we are going to have to wrap up on this, man, because we could wow. be here forever. We, we could, couldn't Did we? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. You can listen to all our interviews on mixedmartialarts.com. Today's show was produced by the wizard himself, Ant McGinley. Mixed Martial Arts is a paint your headphones production. Wah!